How's the family of faith this evening? Are we awake? All right. All right. Come on. Oh, I heard that. Somebody's really awake. Come on. Ready to hear the word tonight? Amen. Good. Hallelujah. Awesome sauce. We are still preaching on faith. Come on now. Faith, faith, faith. You know, I heard somebody say that the Bible is like a pregnant woman. Yeah. What, what does pregnant woman, what does pregnant women do? They sweat? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, okay. What else does pregnant women do? They give birth. Listen, this Bible is like a pregnant woman. It is always giving birth. All the time. New revelation. All the time. You can read a scripture verse 10 times and you read it the 11th time and there's something new in it, a new revelation. Something comes out that wasn't at you or you got before. Always, always read a scripture verse and when you read it, act like it's for the very first time. And more than not, new revelation will be birthed from this Bible into your life. Amen? Hallelujah. Yes. Praise the Lord. So we're still teaching on faith. This is faith session number four. And uh, we've done the whole month of April, which is fantastic. I didn't miss a week this month. This is wonderful. That's because pastor is out of town. Hallelujah. (laughs) I want to preach tonight. Well, get up there, brother. Preach then, you know. So he's out of town. So I got all every week this week, which is wonderful. So hallelujah. I like it this way. That way I don't have to break it up and things like that. So, but anyhow, last Wednesday, we talked about Abel. All right, who was here last week? Raise your hands if you were here. All right. Who was not here last week? Let me see your hand. Okay, all right, good. Glad to have you tonight. Last week, we talked about Abel and, of course, how Abel was amazing in the fact that God accepted his offering. He gave it by faith, and God was pleased with his offering, but he was not pleased with Cain's offering, and he did not accept his sacrifice. And we can learn something from Cain. And what we learned last week from Cain is is that if we do things our way, most of the time it's going to get us in trouble. Most of the time it's going to get us in trouble. Amen. I remember my dad, when we were working on houses together, we'd maybe have a little argument about, you know, how to put a window in or what the plumbing should look like or whatever. And finally he would look at me and he'd say, son, you want to do it your way or you want to do it the right way? All right, Dad, whatever. We'll do it your way. <laughs> you know? so, so we got to learn from this kind of stuff. We also learned that Enoch walked with God and was faithful for over 300 years. That is just, that blows my mind. All right? So if he can do it for 300 years, we can do it for 60 or 50 or 40. Come on, Amen. Amen, that's right, we can. And the Bible says that his simple testimony was that he pleased God. I think we can do that too. I think we can do that too. He was obedient and he pleased God. That was his simple testimony. And that's all God asked for. Matter of fact, he was so pleased that he took him to heaven. That brother ain't died yet. So he's coming back someday. It ain't Moses. Who's ever out there? It ain't Moses. It's Enoch. He's coming back. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, Noah also walked with God, not conforming to the world. And that had to be hard to do because we know how bad it was that God took everything and started over. But, but he didn't move. He didn't bow. He didn't conform. He didn't give in. He did what he was supposed to do, and he was pleasing to God. All right? Abraham walked with God in perfect obedience. Wow. 
that is just mind-blowing. I mean, you got to realize these guys didn't even have the Holy Spirit back then. We should be walking in better obedience than them because we have the Holy Spirit. They didn't have it. The Holy Spirit back then came, did something, and then left. But he walked in perfect obedience, which is beautiful. And then Elizabeth and Zechariah, we didn't talk about them, but they're in the New Testament and Luke, but they also were pleasing to God, and the Bible says that they were faithful in all things. And we know that, of course, because of their faithfulness, she had a baby, and that was John the Baptist who came right before Jesus. So those guys walked with God. Now, when I went home last night, or the other night, last Wednesday night, I said, okay, Nicole, I said, well, hey, what'd you think of the message? You know, because every now and then I ask people what they think, critique me or whatever, bad, good, ugly, you know, all that stuff. And uh, she says, well, she said, the first thing she said was, man, all the jokes were amazing. I want to hear more of those. How many of you believe that? One, oh, Matt, I love you, brother. You're my best friend. No, she did not. She said they were old man jokes and that those were so stupid. I said, oh, come on, come on. So that was the opposite of that. But she did tell me, she said, but what I really would have liked to heard more of is all those guys that walked with God, how can we walk with God like they did? If you could bring that out more and tell us why, that would be fantastic. So I did all kinds of praying, praying in the Holy Ghost. Father, I thank you for bringing out the revelation that I can help these people. God, know how to walk better with you. And I got two simple words. By faith. (laughs) By faith. That's how we walk with God. By faith. That's how we are pleasing to God. Obedience and by faith. That's a deep revelation. Hallelujah. It'll hit somebody. Hopefully it'll hit some of you tonight. Amen. But here's, here's the point. Everything in the kingdom of God is activated by faith. Everything in the kingdom of God is activated by faith. It's like these lights. The lights are on, the microphone's on, the music's playing, whatever they're doing back in kids' church and the youth tonight. It's all activated by electricity. All right, all you got to do is turn the lights on and boom, or turn the switch on and boom, the lights come on, everything's there. We can hear, we can see, all that. It's all activated by electricity. All right, faith is the same exact way. When I gave my tithe tonight, all right, the minute I let it go, I activated my faith. Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit, they were all very pleased and immediately all my needs are met. They're met. I don't have to worry about them. I don't have to pray about them. I don't have to do anything. The second I released that into God's hands, my faith started working and all my needs are met. Amen? Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. In order to move the hand of God, we must use our faith. And the only place you're going to hear about faith is right here in the Word. It's right here in the Word. All right? I tell all of your kids and all of our teachers back there, we tell the kids that this is the most important book in the world. It's, it's more important than a, than a math book. It's more important than an English book. It's more important than geography. It's more important All right, now, yes, education is very important. Yes, school is very important. All right, we understand that. But listen, they're going to get all kinds of indoctrinations that are not godly in the public schools. And let me tell you, in the private schools as well. But when you come here, you're going to get sound doctrine. Your kids are going to get sound doctrine. 
All right, because this right here, they will use the entire, their entire life. All right, when, when their best friend dies, listen, man, the math teacher ain't going to know what to tell you. And if you look it up, you ain't going to find the answer anywhere in the math book. But you'll find it right here. You'll find every answer to life's problems right here. That's why church is so important and reading our Bible is so important and faith is so important. Hallelujah. Amen. I did finish up last week by reading Hebrews 11.6. We're putting it up on the screen. And it said, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I might get into that next week because there's some stuff in there that I like to pull out, but, I, but I, I said it backwards last week, and I put that up on the screen. It says in reverse, to walk with God, we must first come to God, all right? To come to God, we must first believe God, and to believe God, we must first believe in God, all right? And I would hope that most of you in here have done that, all right? And if all of you in here are saved, you're Christians, you've been born again, all right? Then in Ephesians 2.8, all of you were born according to that scripture verse. It says that for by grace you were saved through faith. We were all saved through faith. I think we all here, Wednesday night crowd's pretty mature. Grace, of course, is unmerited favor. We've heard it for years, all right? Grace is a gift from God. We can't earn it, we can't buy it, we can't sell it. It's a gift from God, amen? And we were saved through faith, all right? Grace means we didn't deserve it, like I said, it, wasn't given, it was given to us. Our whole salvation is based on faith. So now as a Christian, you sitting here, saved, born again, faith becomes the heartbeat of your everyday walk. It has to be every day. Because, again, faith activates God in our life, all right? Without him, we can't please him. So we're activating our faith. Here's 11, uh, Hebrews eleven six. It says this, without faith, it's impossible to please God, all right? Look what it didn't say. I love bringing out the what it didn't say stuff because those are the things that come through my mind. It didn't say that without faith, volunteering <laughs> pleases God, all right? Without volunteering, all right, that, that don't please God, all right? Uh, oh, it doesn't say, let's see, let's see, uh, it doesn't say um, without uh, evangelizing. It doesn't say uh, without, oh, what else could it be? Anything that's in here, all right? It's, it's all important, without praying, without volunteering, without witnessing evangelism. Those are important things. And we're all supposed to do those because they're in the Bible, but it doesn't take the place of faith. That is at the top of the list, right? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Yeah, he loves it when we witness, when we evangelize, when we pray, when we tithe, when we volunteer, when we do all those other things. That's important, but faith is at the top of that list. That is number one most important thing that pleases him. And that's it. All right, Romans 1.17 says, The just shall live by faith. Who are the just? They're the righteous. We live by faith. Look at that word live. All right, we live and move and, and, and have our being within him. All right, we live every day. That means every day. We live every day. We get up every day. 
We brush our teeth. We do all the things we do. We go to work. We come home. We fight with the kids. We ask, what do you want for dinner? I don't care. I don't either. You pick. No, you pick. Okay, I don't know. We do all those things. That's living. All right, but the Bible says, though, that we have to live by faith. The righteous, the just, the Christians, we live by faith. So it becomes a lifestyle. It becomes a lifestyle. Whatever we do, faith goes along with us every single day in some way, shape, or form. Galatians 3.11 proves that also. It says the righteous will live by faith. And then Hebrews 10.38 says, but my righteous one will live by faith. Are you a righteous one? If you're righteous, or if you're a righteous one, raise your hand in here. All right, I see some hands up, some hands not up. Now, if, <laughs> there we go, hands go up. All right, here's the thing. If you are born again, you're a righteous one. I don't want to hear the legalistic things that some people say, well, no, Pastor Randy, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. That's a lie from the pit of hell. That is a lie from the pit of hell because here in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. Right? It's what it says. The old has gone, the new is here. That's exactly what it says. So right from salvation, right out of the gate, you need to start using your faith, all right, by letting, yes, your spouse know, by letting your family know, by letting maybe your neighbors know, people at work know, and definitely let the devil know that, hey, buddy, all things are passed away. All things have become new. Now, I am not who I was before. When you see me, you see Jesus. Come on. That's right. You know what? I love Jesus. I live like Jesus. I am the son of God in Jesus. We are what? We are the same as Jesus, the Bible says. We're joint heirs. Every right he's got, I've got. It's all new. Praise the Lord. I'm living like him. I'm loving like him. I'm trying to be like him, the Bible says. Be like Jesus as much as you can be. So we got to know we are new creatures. We are not sinners saved by grace. Not, 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 not. Hallelujah. All right. I think like him. Woo, I act like him. Hmm. Hallelujah. All right. So in order to walk with God, we must be saved. We must live by faith. We learn that he has given us a measure of faith. And that measure of faith is big enough to move mountains. When we want to speak to them, right, and tell them to go. All right. So we do that. So we have that measure and it'll get us what we need. Amen. That's a good thing. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. All right. And we know that our faith also grows. It grows. All right. First John 5, 4 says, for everyone born of God has a 40% chance of overcoming the world. Isn't that what that says? What do you mean? No. Where do I get these translations? My gosh, I'm always messing this up. Uh, it must be a 60% chance. 80? 90. Ah, oh, come on. Really? What does it say? For whatever is born of God over, overcomes the world. Oh, there is no 60%. Ah, oh, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. It's just, it's that fact. It's just a fact. There's, there's no in-between in there. Oh, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Hmm. Hallelujah. That's pretty good. Right? That's awesome. There's no if, ands, or buts, all right? Everyone born of God overcomes the world. Amen. Overcomes. Settled. Ain't 40%, ain't 60%. It happens. 
And we do it through what? Our faith. Our faith. If you want to be an overcomer, we must operate in faith. We have to activate it, like I said earlier. Activate it in our lives. Now, even though we are overcomers, there are fights to fight. I understand that. There's battles to win. And trials and tests and temptations to go through. And overcome. And overcome. Yeah, we're going to go through them. Yeah, things are going to happen to us. All right, but we got to go through them, and we are overcomers. We're overcomers. I mean, come on, somebody, we're overcomers. Look at your neighbor and tell them, I'm an overcomer. Come on, tell them again, I'm an overcomer. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right, 1 Timothy 6.12. 1 Timothy 6.12 says, fight the good fight of faith. And again, here's what it doesn't say. Fight the church. Woo. I like this one better. Fight the pastor. Didn't say do that. <laughs> Thank the Lord. <laughs> Come on, preaching good now, he, another pastor says. <laughs> Didn't say fight our neighbor. Didn't say fight other denominations. Come on, fight the good fight of faith. And it definitely doesn't say fight the devil. I don't know how many times I've heard over my lifetime, Pastor Randy, man, I'm fighting the devil today. I said, oh, you are, huh? I'm fighting him, baby. It's a tough battle, but I'm fighting him. Well, if we want to be real, the devil is what? I, I like this. I love that. He's defeated, but he's a spirit. The devil's a spirit. You are human flesh. All right? We, we live in a body. We are no match for a spirit being. You know, if you try to fight the devil in your flesh, you're going to look like the sons of Sceva. You're going to be running out of here naked and bleeding. That's exactly right. No, the Bible doesn't say that we're supposed to fight the devil. But let me, let me, tell, you, let me tell you what the Bible does say, all right? Hallelujah. See, we don't have to fight the devil because who fought him for us? Jesus, come on. He fought him for us, buddy, and he blasted him, man. He messed him up. And he also has the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Woo, he's defeated. We don't have to fight him. He's already defeated. Amen? But here's, here's, what, here's what we do have to do when it comes to the devil. And that is Ephesians 4.27. It says, do not give the devil a foothold. Don't give him a foothold. You know, what does that mean? Don't give the devil place. In other words, don't open the door to him. Don't open the door to him. Sin will always open up the door for the devil to sneak in. Always. Always. You know, you, you find out what's going on in the house. Man, something's going wrong. This is happening. You know, things are starting to just like deteriorate. You know, whatever. Number one, you start praying. Ask God for revelation. What is going on? And then you better check them kids. Or your wife. <laughs> or the husband. <laughs> because something's happening. Something's happening. So we can't do that. We can't give him a foothold. All right, the second thing the Bible says in James 4, 7, it says submit or yield is another word for that. Yourselves to God and then resist the devil and then he will what? He will flee. All right? So submit ourselves to God, give ourselves to him, yield to him, and then resist the devil, and he will flee. 
Didn't say might. He will flee from you and I. All right? And then in Luke 10, 19, it says, We are to trample on snakes and scorpions and overcome all the power of the enemy. Man, that's some powerful stuff. This is the things that we can do to the devil. All right? So here's the deal. We're not to give the devil place in our lives. We're not to, or we are to resist him and he will flee. We are to walk on him, but we're never to fight him. That's what we are supposed to do with the devil. Simple. Amen? So now go back to 1 Timothy 6.12. If you put that back on the screen, I want you to see something up there on the, on the first part. It says, fight the good fight of faith. Now when I, when, I, when I was thinking about that, I said, well, wait a minute. Fight the good fight. Fight the good fight. Why does it say fight the good fight? Now, this is PRW11, okay? This is just me. This is my opinion, okay? This isn't Bible, okay? Because I believe that God expects us to win. That's why it's a good fight. Because he expects us to win, right? He has faith in us. We talked about that, right? All right, we have faith in him, but he also has faith in us that you can do this. You can win. Fight the good fight. Listen, there... Quentin has been playing uh, soccer, club soccer, they call it, for all, all spring. And uh, some of you have seen some of our Facebook pictures of, of the torment that we've had to sit through in the cold weather and the wind and everything else and buying these weird tents that have stuff all over us and blankets and all that kind of stuff, only to lose every game but one so far. Here, God in heaven. And it kind of reminds me of their season at, at their school, 1 in 15. That's one win, folks, and 15 losses. Lord Jesus, there's nothing good about losing anything. I mean, when you lose a fight, that's not good. I remember when I played soccer, I played for four years, made a lot of goals. Anytime, you know how they always line up, you know, and you go by and, you know, you shake hands with everybody this way and stuff like that. And, you know, all the guys, I hear them, good game, good game, good game, good game. If I lost, I never said that. It wasn't a good game to me. Losing is not good. I'm out to win. So I would always go by him and go, man, good job, dude. Good job. Good job. You suck. You did really good. You know, good job. Good job. Good job. You know, I never said good, good game when I lost. There's nothing fun in losing anything, right? That's right. It's not. It's not. But God expects us to win here in this fight. Every single battle and every single time. Absolutely does. Hallelujah. It's only a good fight when you win. (laughs) And God expects us to win. All right, turn your Bibles to James, the first chapter. We're going to look at verse 2 and 3. We talked about this when we did the series on James several weeks ago. And it says here, again, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, Whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And the word perseverance there means doing something despite the difficulty, doing something despite how hard it is. Now, the King James Version of that says, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, all right? This is not what that means, that when you fall into sin, 
you rejoice. And you count it pure joy. Oh, God, I stole something from Walmart. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Lord. I'll try harder next time. Woo, hallelujah. Pure joy. It's not what diverse temptation means and count it all joy. No, the Greek word there means when you run into something. When you run into a situation. When you run into a problem. Count it all joy. Because your faith is being tested. That's exactly what that means. So we know that there is nothing joyful when we hear bad news. Nothing at all. When you hear somebody's got cancer or somebody lost a job, there's nothing joyful about that kind of news. None whatsoever. But the testing of our faith produces the ability for us to stand. It does. We will keep the faith no matter how long the delay is in getting our physical manifestation or answer or whatever we have prayed for. We're not going to give in. We're not going to bow. No matter what we come up against, we're winners. We have the promise. We're not going to lose. Mm, hallelujah. Okay. Now look at verse 3, all right, and look at it very carefully. It says, because you know that the testing of your faith, the testing of your faith, he's, he's not testing you, he's testing your faith. See, if the devil can get you to doubt, you ain't leaving here with a shout. You leaving here with a pout. Because the devil done stole your faith and now he knocked you out. Woo! Game over. That was for you, Nicole, wherever you are. <laughs> All them jokes you like. It's the truth. I'm being funny, but it's the truth. It's the truth. If he can get your faith, he's got you. He's after your faith. All right? The trials, the temptations, if he can get you just to doubt. I mean, just, just, that's it. I got you. I got him. It's over. You're done. Right? So he's after our faith because we're supposed to live by faith because it pleases God. And so what is he going to get? He's going to get the most important thing or try to defeat us in the most important way through our faith. Doubt is unbelief. And obviously that doesn't please God. All right, hallelujah. So we can't live in this world and be pleasing to God without faith. Bottom line. You can't get saved without faith. You can't fight without faith. You can't have victory without faith. And you definitely can't please God without faith. Hmm, hallelujah. So, the big question of the night. That was just kind of a review. Now we're going to teach. Okay. So what is faith? What is faith? I told you what faith was like. In the first session, I told you it was like pizza. All right? But I never really told you, and we never really talked about what faith really is. Now we got to know what it is. We know that we have to use it in all areas of our life. We just saw all this. But what is faith? And so tonight I'm going to try, whoo, my hardest, to break down Hebrews 11.1. 1. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. 
I mean, we've, we've heard that. We, it's been drilled in our heads and, in, and, and we've put it in our hearts for years and years and years. I know me as a kid. I've heard it and heard it and heard it and heard it. I teach the kids that. But I mean, I keep it simple, but I've never ever broken it down. And I've really never heard it ever broke down. And maybe you have, and that's fantastic. I'll give you the microphone. Because for the last three weeks, I've been skirting around it. I've been thinking, well, you know, I'm going to teach on this instead. Yeah, you know what, I'm going to go by that. But I couldn't get away from it this week. I was trying to get away from it again. <laughs> Run from it. So I called pastor about it. I said, pastor, this is what I think. This is what, wait, what do you think about this? Da, da, da. He gave me his opinion. Then I said, Nicole, this is what I'm thinking. You know, what do you think about this? Ah, okay, no, no, no. I just, it's still, nothing just settled with me. And so I'm like, okay, God, you've got to give me a download. If you want me to teach this, I've got to know something. And so I'm going to hopefully bring this out to the best of my knowledge, obviously through Scripture, not my opinion, but through Scripture. And you just got to say, hey, yeah, man, I, that bears witness with me. You know, or, you know, you better keep on working, brother. You better get back to the kids' church. <laughs> All right, are you with me? Are, we, are you with me? Okay, boy, another tough crowd. John, you missed it last week, bro. It was a tough crowd last week. Yeah, it was tough. Hallelujah. All right, maybe they're just listening. You know, I hope they're listening. Hope it's getting in their spirit. All right, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So let's look right out of the gate. I saw something right out of the gate. Now faith is. And I stopped. Now faith is. Now faith is. Now faith, I don't know if you guys do that, but I was in the shower. <laughs> I was in the shower and all I did was, was speak that verse over and over and over again in the shower. That now faith is. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things, the evidence, the evidence, the evidence, the evidence. Now faith is substance, substance, substance. Lord, now faith is. Faith is now. Let's take out now. Faith is. Let's say it backwards. Faith is now. Now faith is. And I come to the conclusion that now faith is. Faith is present tense. It's present tense. It's now. Faith is always now. Always. No if, fans, buts, no exceptions. Faith is always now. Hmm. Okay. It doesn't say now faith was. Now faith was is in the past. I don't need faith in the past. It's the past. Right? I need faith now. Amen. Now faith is. It doesn't say that faith is in the future. Right? It doesn't say that at all. It doesn't say faith will be. Right? I mean, that's the future. And who knows what's going to happen in the future? What does the Bible say? The Bible says we don't even know if tomorrow's going to happen. We're not even guaranteed a tomorrow. So how can faith be in the future when we're not guaranteed tomorrow? And I think somewhere in the scripture verse, I don't know if, I think it's Mark somewhere, the Bible says don't even worry about tomorrow because today has us enough problems as it is. So we're not supposed to worry about tomorrow. So how can faith be in the future when we're not promised the future? How can it be in the past? When the past is the past. I don't need faith. I need faith when? Now. now. So now faith is. It's always present tense. Can somebody say amen? amen? All right. 
Let's keep on moving here. Hopefully I'm doing okay. All right. Now faith is the substance. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. I, I saw a scripture verse. Let, let me go back real quick. Back that up. 1 John 5, 4. It says for every... We read that earlier tonight. I forgot about this. It said for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory. I underline that. This is the victory. Not this was the victory. This will be the victory. This is the victory. Our faith. So again, again, faith is now. It's now faith. Hmm, hallelujah. Okay. All right. Now faith is the substance. So here we go. We're dissecting a little bit deeper. What is substance? What is substance? It's the answer to prayer. That's good. What's the definition of substance? The thing. Yes, that's good. That's awesome. If I had a candy bar, I'd give it to you. Right? Thank God for the dictionary because I looked it up. All right? Substance is something tangible. It's a thing. Yes, it's tangible. It can be perceived by our senses. Right? In other words, its substance is something that we can see, hear, touch, feel, or smell. All right? By our senses. All right? That's the substance. Now faith is the substance. All right? Let's keep moving. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. So what is hope? I'll tell you what it's not. It's not substance. And it's not a thing. You can't smell, touch, hear, taste, and see hope. You can't do it. All right? You, you can't do it. But, but, check this out. My senses cannot relate to hope because there is no reality to hope. No reality to it. I can't touch it, smell it, see it, taste it, just like I can't a dream. We can't touch a dream. The other night, it was so weird. I was, I was dreaming, and in my dream, I, and I'm going to bring this up in the next couple weeks because God's been using me through dreams, and I've been calling people about dreams, and they've been true. But anyhow, uh, Teresa, I remember I, I, I had a dream about you. Remember that many years ago? Yeah, I had a dream that you cut your foot, and I came to you about that. It was with a, a piece of glass or something. I saw your foot in a dream, and I came up to you, and I said, yo, listen, you got your foot cut. And you, she's like, yeah, I did. And of course, God revealed that so her faith would come alive for what he was getting ready to do for her. All right, but anyhow, I was dreaming the other night, and in my dream, I smelled gasoline, what I thought was gasoline. I thought, wow. And, and I woke up at 4 a.m. I had, had to go, you know, do my thing. I must be 51 now. So, no, I drink a lot of water. <laughs> okay. And I smelled the gas when I woke up. And as I'm walking to the bathroom, <laughs> man, that was a real dream, man. That was, like, that was real. Wow. Okay. Come back to bed. Slip the covers up. Come back. Alexis woke me up when she got up at like 6.30 in the morning. Dad, I smell gas in the house. I said, what? She said, I think it's coming from the fireplace. I said, boom, boom, got out of bed, ran down there. I looked at the fireplace. I said, no, I came from the pilot's on. Everything's good. The stove. I went over the stove, and sure enough, that thing is turned on. It's a gas stove. It's turned on, but of course, there was no, there was no fire. Just shh. 
Good thing we're not smokers in our house. Woo, man, oh my Lord. So, but somehow that thing penetrated my dream. And I thought it was a dream. I thought, man, I got some real dreams, man. This is crazy. Lord, what's the revelation of this one? (laughs) There wasn't one. Get up, dummy, and turn the gas off. And it happened. What happened was Alexis was cooking, and she was cleaning, and apparently she just swiped that, and it turned, and and then, you know, so she was trying to kill us. Uh, (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. All right. So where was I here? <laughs> I don't remember where I am. All right. So, but it, so my senses cannot relate to hope because hope is not reality. All right. But if you take faith and add hope to it, then it'll give you substance. Then it will give us substance. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So here we go again. What is evidence? Who said that? Man, that was fast. Good job. Proof. Proof, that's the best definition of evidence. It's proof. It validates or proves the existence of something you don't presently have yet. All right, so I I try to think of of an example, and I'm glad John was here because it was in my mind I was thinking of John. So John, here's the example that I think will help everybody. Are you married? You are. What's your wife's name? Nita. What's her last name? Kessler. Kessler. What's your last name? Just want to make sure that's the same last name. Kessler. Okay. All right. So, uh, is she here tonight? No. Okay, John, uh, I need you to prove to me that she's your wife. Show me the evidence. If she's not here, I need to see some evidence. Checkbook. You're showing me what? Picture of her with my grandson. Well, that don't tell me nothing. Was it? I mean, that could be your grandmother. I mean, that <laughs> that could be the neighbor lady. No, I need some real evidence, John. I got to have some real evidence, proof that you are married to your wife. A wedding picture would be perfect. Okay, a driver's license would be perfect. You don't have to. It's, it's, a, it's an example. It's an example. I was hoping you was going to say, you're going to show me your wedding ring. And I was going to say, are you kidding me? So many single people wear those these days on their, on their married finger because they don't want to be bothered. You know, oh, I'm going to put that wedding ring on tonight where I'm going. No, I don't want nobody to bother me. But again, that's not evidence or proof. But if, she, if he showed me a wedding picture or if he showed me a driver's license, that would be proof that she really exists and that he was married to Nita Kessler, right? That's the proof. That's the evidence. Is that driver's license, her driver's license. Now, but let's say all of a sudden, Nita comes running in the door, comes over to Don, jumps in his arms. He catches her, almost falls, and says, Nita, I, or John, I've missed you so much, and gives him a big wet kiss. I no longer need the evidence or the proof, I don't need that driver's license anymore because she has physically manifested herself into John's arms and given him a wet, sloppy kiss. Right? Yes? I I, I said all that because I'm going somewhere with this (laughs) right here. Her driver's license was a proof until she entered into the room. Your faith is the proof 
until, or it's the evidence of things that you can't see. All right? Faith, our faith is the proof. It's the evidence of the things we cannot see. The driver's license is the proof or evidence that she exists, but yet we cannot see her yet because she hasn't manifested herself in here yet. You guys follow me so far? We can't see these things with our natural eyes, of course. All right? Faith is the evidence of things that are not perceived by our senses either. Touch, see, smell, hear, or taste. It's the things of the Spirit. Now, I don't think I have to tell you guys tonight that there are two dimensions. There's a physical dimension and there's a spiritual dimension. I think we're all mature enough to understand that there are two weird, two weirds. There are two worlds. It's, that's too weird. There's two worlds, you know. And they're both moving simultaneously together. Listen, there are angels in this place right now. If God would open your spiritual eyes, we would see angels around this house tonight. The Bible said I'm even assigned to one. And that brother's a big dude, I guess. I haven't seen him yet. I, I, I believe and I'm going to see him in Jesus' name. All right? But there's angels planted around here. All right? So two worlds. I mean, we, if, if we looked in 2 Kings, if we looked all through the Bible, remember when I think it was uh, the prophet uh, who, um, not, um, man, he was, uh, see, he went up on his, his, his little dude, his, his servant, went up on a tower and looked and all the, the army was out there. Elisha, I was going to say Elijah, but it's Elisha, you're right. And all of a sudden, he freaked out. And he goes down to Elisha. Dude, what's Elisha? Man, we're going to die, brother. <laughs> the road, everything's over, over here. And so Elisha goes, oh, really? He goes up there and goes, hmm, I see. Yeah, what was his name? Hey, guy? Yes, exactly, him. <laughs> and he said, open his eyes. And his eyes were open. But that wasn't the eyes that Elisha was talking about. Because his eyes were open. He saw all the army coming against him. But that ain't what he meant. Open his spiritual eyes. And God opened his eyes and he saw, whoo, more, more angels and chariots and all that that was in that story. So there's two dimensions here. So we have to see stuff in the spirit, not in the physical. All right? If we keep looking at the physical, then doubt's going to creep in. It's going to creep in. All right? So your faith is proof or evidence of the things that we cannot yet see. We confess things and ask for things that we need now. Okay? If you need a healing in your body, we pray for that healing to be met. Now. We believe we have been healed. We believe that the need is met by using our faith. Faith is the evidence or proof of that healing being done in our lives. All right? Now, when the manifestation of that healing comes, we no longer confess our healing because we now have it. Throw the driver's license away. Nita is sitting here. She is here. I can see her. I no longer need that driver's license. Right? Am I, am I right? When that healing has manifested in your flesh, you no longer need faith any longer for that need. Find something else to Use your faith on because you don't need it anymore because it's done. Amen? Well, here's what Romans 10.8 also says about the word and faith together. It says, but what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth 
and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. We proclaim it. And then Romans 10, 17, everybody knows this. Consequently, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The New King James Bible says, so then faith comes by hearing. Oh, that's the King, New King James Version. All right. The other version says, consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Same thing. So here's what that said. This is, the, this is God's divine order in how we receive and grow faith in our lives. God's word produces faith in the hearts of those who are hearing. Who are hearing. So let's take Hebrews 11.1. 1. Put it back up on the screen, please, if, if, you, if you can find it. I know I'm messing you up back there. This is your first time, bro. You're doing a great job. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Let's say it this way. Let's say it this way. The word of God is the tangible things I hope for. God's word is the proof of things which are not yet perceived by my physical senses. Are you getting that? You get it. I'll say it again. The word of God is the tangible things that I have hoped for. God's word is the proof of things which are not yet perceived by my physical senses. I can't look at my circumstances. I can't look at the natural things. I must look at them spiritually. God's word and faith are synonymous. They're synonymous. They're, they're one. Our faith is what brings the things in the spirit world to the physical world. I hope you're getting this. Until we can see the manifestation of what we are believing for in the physical world, faith is the evidence that I have it already. Okay? Does that help? Does that make sense? Faith is the driver's license, in other words. Okay? The devil says you're not healed. You're still coughing. You're still bound. I still feel the pain. And what do we tell him? Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? Faith is my evidence, Satan. Faith is my evidence that I have been healed. Have been healed. Because I used my now faith and was healed when I prayed over it. And faith is the evidence that I am healed. Amen? The word is my evidence that I am healed. Now, devil, get back under my feet and get out of my head. Amen. It's true. It's true. When that happened with Nicole, with Alexis, you know, doubt would try to come. Uh-uh, stop. Stop it. She's healed. Can't let doubt come in. Nope, don't do it. We prayed. Faith is the evidence that we have the miracle. We can't see it with our eyes, but if we open up to the Spirit, it's done already. It, it hasn't manifested yet, but it doesn't matter because it's done because my faith is proof or evidence that it happened. Hmm. Okay. Boy, oh boy. We see that faith and God's Word are really the same. So it's God's word that is the evidence of my healing that my senses can't see until it arrives. All right? Once that healing manifests itself in the natural, I don't need the evidence or faith any longer for that healing, like we said earlier, because I can now see it, that it's gone, or I can now 
feel it. Hmm, I can now move it. I don't have any pain any longer. It has manifested itself, and I don't need that faith for that any longer. Hallelujah. Does that make sense? All right. So, in closing, walking by faith and not by sight could be said this way as well. We walk with God by believing what God's word says and not by what we see in the flesh. You want to know how to, you want to, know how to walk with God? This is how we walk with God. All right? This is how we walk with God. We walk with God by believing what God's word says and not by what we see in the flesh. So here's the deal. <laughs> Learning the basic principles of faith is the secret, number one, to pleasing God, all right, but also moving the hand of God on our behalf. That's why faith is so important. It's the secret to being an overcomer and having a victorious life. And it's the secret to fighting the good fight and winning every single time. Amen? Come on, hallelujah. Amen? Amen, Amen. stand to your feet. Praise the Lord. We are not done. We are not done. But I hope, man, and I pray tonight that if you haven't heard faith like that, that, it's, that it gets in your spirit. I listen to it again and again. Man, I had to, I don't know how many times I was in the shower just saying it over and over and over again. And I think, I hope that you understand that now faith is. Faith is now. It's present tense all the time. Amen? Hallelujah. Father, I thank you tonight. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. God, thank you. Thank you for the revelation, God, being poured into each and every one of your children tonight, God. God, I ask that, Father, that they just bask in your word tonight and that, God, that you will just supernaturally, God, Download that revelation to them that, God, yes, I got it. For, Father, when they get it, Lord, they got it. And, Father, they will live a victorious life in every area of their life. Hallelujah. God, I thank you, and I rebuke the devil from stealing any seed. God, Father, in Jesus' name, you cannot touch them. You cannot have them. We rebuke you. I rebuke doubt in their minds and in their hearts in the name of Jesus right now. I thank you for it, Father. I thank you for it, Father. God, I thank you for healings. God, all across this sanctuary tonight, God, we thank you for that. Oh, God, we thank you that now faith is flowing, Father, hallelujah, in the spirit realm right now in this place, God. God, I thank you, Father, for prayers being answered, Lord God, right now in Jesus' name in this house. Oh, God, I thank you for it. I praise you. We praise you for it tonight. God, I thank you for a safe trip home, God, the rest of the week, Lord God, that blessings fall upon them wherever they go. God, with their families, oh God, we thank you for blessing and safety, Father. In Jesus' name, God, I thank you for it. God, we give you praise for everything that you've done, everything that you're going to do in their lives, and great favor, Father, wherever they go. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You're dismissed, guys. We'll see you Sunday morning. Hallelujah.